G'day and welcome to the Noob Spiro podcast, the world's number one. It's just simply the best spearfishing dedicated podcast in the world where we interview Spiros every fortnight, upload it to iTunes so that you can have a listen and become a better Spiro. Pretty exciting uh, episode. First things first, Shrek's in the house. We're doing this yep. old school, him and yep. I both together. Shrek, yep. how are you? Good, buddy. Good, good, good. We've got heaps of news too. Kickstarter's going off. Um, loving it. This interview with uh, Warren Bird from Hexacortic is a friggin' cracker. And uh, they've actually, Hex have come and got on board and are now supporting the new Spiro podcast. So Ooh. friggin' stoked. So, and this is a really cool chat with, um, you know, with Warren. It's it's awesome chatting about, you know, the latest and greatest in innovation in spearfishing because um, I, I like it. I like new tech. So it's a, it's a good chat. Yeah, absolutely. You loved that roller gun. You got you got around that straight away. Just, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, here we go. Here we go. Shit going everywhere. No, uh, anyways. Um, it, I, actually, it's very, very, uh, very interesting episode. This one because uh, we get into the nitty gritty of what makes uh, the hex aquatic system work. What's inside it. Uh, all the good things, you know, like what happens if you tear it, all that kind of stuff. Warren answers all those questions in detail. Uh, pretty exciting, pretty exciting technology. I'd love to uh, get on board with it. So um, good stuff. Shrek, where are we at with the Kickstarter campaign? Big thanks to everyone for getting on board who's pledged. The response has been amazing. Mm, Shrek, mm, mm. We're hundred hundred and seventy six percent funded. Um, so we've mm. had one hundred and twenty four backers so far, but there's only about wow. ten days to go. So if you're going to do it, get on board. <sighs> Everyone who's bought a soft cover or pledged for a soft cover copy or better will now get a, f- a free second book. Um, we've talked about this book on the show before. Uh, it's a spearfishing log. Now the benefits of keeping a yep. spearfishing log are multitude. Um, You've got, you've got, you know, some days your spot just works, um, but what turns it on? And so, like, when you use a spearfishing log, you you know, you have one of these awesome days. You can write it in your log and replicate those same conditions next year. And uh, yep. and it's a great way to study your, you know, your local spots over 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 a series of time. In the dive log, there's also a track, uh, a part for keeping track of your free dive performance. So, like, you can use it very much like scuba divers use a log. You can you can record your free dive performance, and uh, it's great for keeping you accountable for your surface interval. But you can also see gradual improvement over time, or in mm. my case, probably gradual decline. But Decline, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's a nice, uh, it's a little bit of a mix between a, a scuba diver log and an old fisherman's journal. It's got all, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So if you <laughs> if you're on, you get a copy free. So go on and check that out. Kickstarter.com, noob spear, uh, search spearfishing actually on Kickstarter, you'll find it. Yeah, and uh, I've been on Instagram putting my uh, mug up on there, holding the book. Um, and I just want to say thanks to everyone uh, that has a not taken the piss out of me and b gotten on board <laughs> and uh, shared the, shared all that around. Um, there's been a few of you, but we'll we'll get to all of you when the uh, when the when the campaign's done and dusted and we're sending things out. And, uh, the response has been absolutely overwhelming, and uh, all the guys on the Noob Spiro community Facebook group, uh, you guys have been absolutely excellent. Um, getting behind us, so um, yeah, really, really chuffed and uh, just yeah, just stoked. heartwarming stuff. It is, it is, and uh, thanks for the some of the big influences that have got on and shared our story as well. There's a deeper blue, 
uh, Total Spearfishing. It's spearfishingtrips.com. Fish Nerds Podcast. Clay over there interviewed me a couple of weeks ago. I had a cracker chat with him. Check out that episode of Fish Nerds Podcast. Underwater Ally Productions. Uh, Jesse and Tacker. Follow them on YouTube. Uh, Aquatic Rehab. Luke Potts. Spearing Mag in the US. Coatsman. Uh, Chris has been been sharing sharing us up, and uh, thanks, buddy. Uh, Sam Blount yeah, from uh, Frontline Freediving. Sorry, what did you gonna say, Turbo? Yeah, oh, uh, I was just gonna say Ryan Gatoni, uh, everythingspearfishing.com. He's uh, he's been sharing me around like you wouldn't believe. Been what great. a legend, champion. Thank you, what, Ryan. What a gentleman. And the 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 rogue NZ, our our yep. buddy Harlem over there in Gisborne. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for sharing it up. And Daniel Mann. Uh, check his YouTube oh, yeah. channel out on uh, it's friggin' popular he, he's really good at making um, just good DIY vids and stuff so um, the, the last one he did was like three knots that every Sparrow should know and he uses them every day on a spearfishing trip so I love how he explains stuff very simple it's good in the news uh, Clifton Lifeboat rescues a couple of missing divers over on St. Patrick's Day in Ireland and uh, you definitely, you know, all the volunteer organisations that look after our oceans, they 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 definitely help Sparrows out all the time. So um, the, these guys found two Sparrows in an inflatable. They're poor buggers. They're, um, the motor failed and they had um, tried to make a swim for it and in the cold conditions they had cramped out. And so luckily they got rescued and, and towed back in. But um, big, big shout out there for the, the Clifton uh, lifeboat. Uh, good work, guys. Awesome. Uh, awesome stuff. G'day to Kai Wagner on uh, Instagram as well. He burnt <laughs> Shrek very well with a uh, with a chicken comment. I just appreciated that. Thanks, Kai. You're going to reshare anyway, that, aren't you? Yeah. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> um, Vincent Hirschberger, he said he had some dramas using a podcast attic app. Um, it wasn't renewing our episodes after episode 66. I think we've fixed our tech issues, so everyone should be getting the show everywhere again. So thanks for the heads up, buddy. Um, all right. Uh, iTunes reviews. One from the US. Derek, he says, a show that any Spiro can enjoy. Michael Vlasic wrote, this podcast is brilliant. You get entertaining and inform informative episodes featuring many of the big names in the sport. It's great to listen to on long drives or flights. I'm currently reading the book 99 Tips to Get Better at Spearfishing, which has really gone a long way as far as my skill level in the water. This is the only podcast I listen to now. Thank you, Michael. That's a cracker of you. And uh, go and get mm. your copy of 99 Tips to Get Better at Spearfishing. It's on Kickstarter as we speak. The illustrated version. Um, last review from Hawaii, Maui Mana. Says Shrek and Turbo are awesome. These mates are hilarious, especially when they rag on each other. Their shows are always informative, entertaining, and provide a wealth of tips and knowledge for the beginner to advanced divers. Hands down, the best spearfishing podcast out there. Um, thanks, thanks, Maui Mana. And on that note, Turbo, what's going on with uh, buying a wetsuit at the moment, buddy? What do you mean, champ? Uh, I heard you've had some some troubles finding a suit that fits. Yeah, so I uh, I got a I got a three hundred dollar voucher for uh, my birthday actually um, from my partner and I was pretty excited so we went down to the uh, being the tight ass that I am I went down to the adreno I took my voucher down to the adreno sale and uh, and the poor young fella there we put on every wetsuit in the shop and we could not. Uh, get anything to fit my abnormal body. The uh, nothing would seal around my ankles, unfortunately. Right. So I've gone home without a wetsuit. So you're up for a custom. It's it demoralising. Yeah. Oh, mate, I'm up for something. I uh, 
I probably lost about three liters of fluid trying to try on every wetsuit in the shop on a, like a pretty warm day here in Brisbane. So it was um it was wasn't a nice experience actually. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. But yeah, got right. nothing. In other news, now that I've paid you back a little bit, Matt Madison, NorCal Underwater Hunters have got the Purple Urchin Removal Event. Um, and it's also the meet and greet camp out from May the 26th to the 28th on Memorial Weekend. Um, so it says we will stay at or near Ocean Cove. And uh, these guys are hammering the purple urchins there, which are um, destroying the kelp and impacting the abalone fishery. So g- check them out. Get some more information at the NorCal Underwaters uh, website, norcalunderwaters.com. And, uh, yep, Turbo, you know a little bit more about the purple urchin stuff than I do. You got anything to add? Uh, look, I don't actually because I don't want to incriminate myself. Uh, I think what one of the things that I was getting at the other day was actually wrong. So, um, but yeah, so basically, what I, I believe is, uh, I, I believe the urchins are uh, competing for uh, food source, um, and I think that's why they're getting rid of them. Okay, but, uh, don't quote me on that. Yep. All right. Yes. So definitely go along to NorcalUnderwaters.com and find out. <laughs> <laughs> Love to he- hear about some of this proactive stuff going on uh, in and around the world. Oh, it's um, awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. Yeah. Yep, on that note, let's let's hook into this interview with Warren Bird from Hex Aquatic. It's an absolute cracker. We talk all about the technology, um, the benefits. Uh, we, we have a devil's advocate um, section where we where we pump it full of some of the more difficult questions. Um, but we, we're, we're right into this, this stuff and we have a really good chat. He's a very entertaining guy. So let's get into this interview with Warren Bird. If you like listening to the Noob Spirit podcast, you're probably going to enjoy listening to an audiobook. And I've got an offer for you today from today's show sponsor, Audible. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash and get your hands on our new audiobook, 99 Tips to Get Better at Spearfishing, free. Just go to the URL audibletrial.com forward slash and get your hands on our audiobook for free. Listen to even more of Turbo and myself. Guys, the Adreno Easter sale is kicking along nicely. There's a couple of weeks left to go, so get online and check them out at spearfishing.com.au or visit them in-store at Sydney, Brisbane and Melbourne. I went down there myself and checked out wetsuits, huge range, some great savings to be had. Winter's coming. Go and check it out. Treat yourself. Double savings. Oh, yes. Whilst you're treating yourself, you can also use the Noob Spiro code at checkout and save an extra $20 on purchases over 200 How could I even forget that? Anyway, check it out. It's amazing. G'day, Noob Spiro listeners. Welcome to the Noob Spiro podcast. We are joined by Warren Bird from Hex Aquatic in New Zealand today. Uh, this is a second round edit after a failed first attempt with our technology. So welcome to the show again, Warren. Yeah, hi guys. Nice to be back for the second time round. Unreal. Thanks <laughs> Thanks for actually coming back, Warren. This has happened before and they usually don't actually come back. So this is a big day for us. Oh, it just shows your persistence, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, good. So... <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk all about this hex technology and the wetsuits today. I'm I'm looking forward to this uh, conversation again, and uh, let, let's 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 get straight into it. Um, so so Warren, tell us a little bit about yourself and and how you got started with hex. Yeah, it started uh, back in 2008. Um, 
My background is in the apparel industry. I've been doing that for about 40 years. And uh, I was approached by Hex uh, 2008 by the guy that came up with the concept and uh, he needed to get it to market. So he heard of me through some of his contacts in the United States about my uh, apparel operations and technical skills and fabrics. So he cold called me and uh, told me about his technology and asked if I was able to develop it or could I develop it and was I interested. And, and I was fascinated by this new technology. Uh, so anyway, um, I had a little swatch to go by. He sent me a small piece of fabric. And I worked with our Taiwanese mill, who's a very highly technical mill. Uh, we spent about six or seven months developing the fabric. And it tested out very well. And uh, after the tests were done of the swatch that we'd made, which was tested by Trifield Meters and other equipment up in the States, uh, when the technology worked, what we did in the fabric, which I'll come back to later, um, we then proceeded to turn that into garments, which were hunting garments. That's oh. <clears throat> the... Uh, the, the chap, Mike Slinkard, was a bow hunter, and he uh, developed or came up with this concept of blocking the energy signal to get closer to game animals because with bow hunting, as we all know, you've got to get very, very, very close. So it all worked out well and um, made the garments, started making hunting garments, and that uh, got Hex in the United States into business. And that started. they started their first sales in 2009, and, um, and it, it's – Taken off from there. Oh wow! So it's still compare, you know, relatively new. Where, where, where are you based, Warren? And uh, where is where is uh, Hex Aquatic headquartered? Well, the Hex. I'm based in New Zealand in Auckland, and Hex parent company is based in um, John Day up in Oregon. And Hex LLC owns five patents to do with Hex. One is in the military. One is in aquatic. One is in hunting and the other one is an animal behavior and insect control uh so once the hex hunting um, category was up and running um mike and i uh, and his other partner were talking about the other patents that uh, hex had and that one the one that looked very interesting was the aquatic patent so i went about developing a fabric to bond it onto a neoprene turn it into a wetsuit to see if we could get the same result of energy blocking with the technology underwater in the saltwater environment. Mm. Uh, and, um, and our first thoughts were that if we could develop a wetsuit that blocked energy signal, this is ideal because spearfishing is, is like bow hunting underwater, same concept. Mm -hmm. And if we could help spearos uh, get closer to marine life, then we had a whole new category. So I went about developing that. And that was back in about 2000 and would have been 10 or 11. I started developing that and then made a wetsuit and started testing it with a couple of underwater cameramen, uh, marine biologists, and they yeah. were doing testing to see if they could get closer using their cameras or and the marine biologist, which is Riley Elliott, doing a shark research. And they, were, they came back with positive results. So that was uh, that was all of our testing that we were doing, and we probably we tested the hex wetsuits for about two years yeah. uh, bef 
before we decided that we would then get into the market with our own wetsuit brand, which obviously would be called Hex Stealth Screen. And we launched our own wetsuit brand for Spiros back in 2015 at DEMA. Mm-hmm. So we've really been in the market from when we started our first sales just about two years now. So we've so Warren, this um this all this all started with sort of um, hunting garments and and that kind of thing before you got into the aquatic field. It was all terrestrial based uh, hunting. Now, what sort of proof did you sort of see in that terrestrial based hunting? Like, how did you test it, and what sort of uh, evidence did you see to that showed that uh, this technology was working? Mike, who created came up with the concept. He he was the person that actually did the initial field testing. Um, he made a suit and he tested for about 15 months just quietly on his own and he noticed that he was getting significantly closer to, uh, to his prey and he tested on a variety of animals and uh, it was making quite a big improvement. But what was a very interesting test is then Mike approached um, – the state university of oregon and he got a uh, one of the um guys there one of the professors to undertake an independent study and this chap did a spent six months and he did an independent study on horses cattle and deer and it was a very extensive document and it was completely independent there was no influence by hex at all in that uh, and that proved that was a documented evidence that hex made a difference when you're wearing the technology with those animals. Uh, so that that gave Mike the confidence that he had something seriously interesting. His own tests his, from himself proved that the technology was there, but he did need more than that, and that's when he went to the, the university to get an independent study done. Um, that was the tests that were done on terrestrial. Yep. Okay. All right. So, what did you sort of look for there in that study? Was it how close he could get to these animals without being detected? Um, were they less flighty? What were the metrics that you guys were measuring uh, to see if this technology was having an impact on these animals? Yeah. Well, the the technology just blocks the human energy signal. So the animals still had their other senses. They could still smell, Mm -hmm. see, and hear. So the technology doesn't make the hunter invisible. There's there's no question there. It just blocks one of the senses. But what Mike had found out and what was also found out in the study is that animals picking up on electroreception or what we were calling in those days a sixth sense was a very important sense. Even though they smelt you, could hear you and could see you, their final warning signal of danger was picking up on that energy signal. And he still kept his hunting technique the same as he always did. He didn't change what he did. He just carried on doing how he hunted, how he normally hunted. And he was from getting in within 10 yards, five yards, sometimes even a little bit less, which Mm. normally would have been, 40 or 30 or 50 yards. Right. Uh, I believe you looked at sharks before you – shark behaviour before fish. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I had it the, – the suit that we made with the technology in was given to Riley Elliott, who was a marine 
biologist studying for his PhD and a shark researcher. So his first tests were on sharks, and he noticed that there was a significant threat behavior reduction when he was wearing the suit than when he was not wearing the suit. The sharks were a lot more calmer around him. They, they were more inquisitive. They came in closer, but their whole body language was a lot more, uh, yeah, as I said, calmer, yep. calmer and, and not so intense. And as we all know, that with sharks, um, food and electroreception give sharks a lot of anxiety, give them anxiety. Yep. And when there's no food around, their anxiety levels are, are reduced. Yep. But then they still have get anxiety um, on picking up on electroreception. So when both of those equations were taken out of the uh, out of the situation, the shark was um, noticeably noticeably more uh, docile. All right, cool. Let's get let's get into it. So the the Hex technology utilizes a Faraday cage. Can you explain to the listeners um, just a, kind of a basic breakdown on how how it exactly works? Right. Well, the Faraday cage is not anything new, and and I need to po- point out that we haven't Hex hasn't invented anything. We've just taken a proven technology called a Faraday cage, which was discovered or invented in the late 1800s by Michael Faraday. And Michael Faraday, he discovered that if he stood inside a cage that was made of conductive material, the cage being a grid of anything conductive, he was protected by electricity. If electricity struck that cage, that cage would absorb the electricity over the surface of the cage and he'd be unharmed inside it. So that is how the Faraday cage and, and the Faraday cage principle or the Faraday cage technology is applied in a lot of everyday life equipment like um, microwave oven doors, that grid and those dots that you see in the glass door. That is a Faraday cage because as we know, microwaves cook the food or boil the water purely on energy. So that energy has got to be contained inside the microwave. So the microwave has got a Faraday cage built around it to stop the energy coming out. Uh, also, aeroplanes have a Faraday cage built into their wings and fuselage to um, avoid when the lightning strikes the plane, the, the passengers remain unharmed inside the plane because the Faraday cage, once again, soaks up the energy. Mm. So what with our hunting garment and with our wetsuits, you are the diver or the hunter, when he's wearing the product, is inside a Faraday cage. So the energy that he's coming off his human body cannot come out, cannot get past that Faraday cage. That grid blocks that energy. So that's essentially what we've done, is we've put the Faraday cage and knitted it into the fabric and patented it. Okay, so you've got the diver. They're uh, they're encapsulated in this Faraday cage. What what is what's it made out of? Why isn't it brittle? Why is it why is the wetsuit still flexible? How does how does that actually work? How does that what, what does that fabric look like inside? The Faraday cage. It's a carbon yarn that's knitted into the polyester fabric. So it's not a, a layer and separate from the fabric. So you have. Um, we've got a carbon yarn on, on cones and, it, and the carbon yarn is wrapped in polyester to give it strength and it's got spandex um, 
spun into the into the yard to give it stretch. And so when we make the fabric, the fabric is knitted into the polyester fabric as a grid. And that and the grid has got to interlock and that grid is smaller than the frequency coming off the human body. So the frequency coming out of the body cannot pass through the grid. Carbon fibre has made its way into a lot of different um, spearfishing products. Um, I was going to ask, I've seen a, a demonstration done by Riley Elliott with a machine and it's uh, and they, they he puts the fabric over, over this machine and then um, squeezes his arm over it to show you how this technology works. Um, can you explain a little bit about what that machine is and, and how that process kind of works? Um, that machine is, is, a, is a metal box and it's got what's called a tri-field meter inside the box. And a tri-field meter is a meter that's designed to measure frequency um, in the atmosphere. So what we're doing here is we've, We've got a tri-field meter inside a box um, with the opening at the top. And when you wave your arm over the top of the box, that tri-field meter picks up the energy signal coming out of your muscle group of your arm, and it registers on the screen. When you put the hex fabric over top, you've, you've created the Faraday cage and you've closed the Faraday cage. And when you wave your arm over the top, that meter cannot pick up the energy from your, from your, body, from your arm, and so mm. the signal flat lines yeah yeah it's a it's a cool little experiment it's very visual too because you've got you, you had four different types of fabric there um and and i and i found it interesting just watching um the different things what 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 are the blends you are using in that video i'll link it up in the show notes so people can have a look yeah what, yeah. what we're demonstrating there is that um we've got a normal polyester fabric that goes over the top and we wave our arm over and it registers a signal then we mm. put the X fabric on its own over top, put our arm over top and the signal flatlines. Then we get a lot of questions about with neoprene. Our fabric's bonded to neoprene, rubber, acts as an insulator. So what we have is we have a standard wetsuit, a fabric bonded onto a neoprene, put it over top of the beta, wave our arm, it registers the energy signal. Then we get the hex fabric that's bonded to neoprene, put that over top, and that flat lines. So we're showing all the different variables. And it's, as you say, it's very visual because before we had that meter, we would be talking to um, customers, consumers at trade shows, and we were describing it, but yeah, they can't see it. They can't feel it. They've just got to mm. believe what we're talking about. Whereas that meter became a very visual thing um, and they got it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I liked it. I understood. I understood it a lot more after watching that video. Sorry, Turbo. Yeah, well, <clears throat> and I know I, I asked this question to you last time, but I'm going to fire it away again. Uh, so, uh, the body's emitting um, this electrical frequency, and the the whole diver's body is covered in a Faraday cage to prevent. Um, that signal escaping, except for the face. And I asked you this last time; you had a great answer for it. So, what, what can, can you tell our listeners? Um, the the actual face hole in the wetsuit. How does that affect uh, the Faraday cage in in this example? Yeah, well, the energy signals are coming out of the muscle groups, and particularly the big muscle groups like your heart, um, your thighs, your back muscles, and your biceps and forearms. That's where the, the energy signal is being emitted from. There's not a lot of energy signal coming out of your extremities like your feet and your hands and your face because they're mostly bone mass 
And so we've, with our wetsuits, we sell it with the boots and gloves so that we don't give the diver an option to go and get some non-hex gloves and non-hex boots mm -hmm. and think that they're, it's going to work. So we want to have total coverage, but we can't cover the face. So out from the face area is very little energy coming out um, because it's a lot of bone there. And so we're not blocking 100%. We're attenuating, which means reducing, and we've reduced the signal significantly down. Well, on our testing instruments, we've reduced from 100% blockage to 96 to 97%. So there's only 4 or 5% coming out, which is very, very little. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, mm. I t um, you were saying too that you mentioned that with sharks it made them less anxious, and that is a, a massive advantage for a spear fisherman, particularly when we're diving around sharks a lot. It would seem to be a huge advantage to keep the sharks um, from being agitated, which was just, yeah, it's really, I think that's, that's pretty amazing in itself. Yeah, look, we've got quite a few of our guys who are involved in the shark diving. You know, we're involved in, um, in the Shark Week productions with some of our cinematographers, uh, guys working out of Tiger Beach. Uh, and as I said before, and I'm just repeating it again, is that the, the shark is a lot more relaxed um, when, um, when, there's, with a, when there's a hex diver. Now, if you've got a, a diver and wearing hex and beside you is in a traditional wetsuit, it's unlikely the hex wetsuit will do much at all because the energy signal is still coming out from the diver next to you. So if the diver's on his own wearing hex, that's one thing. It's a positive. And if there's a whole lot of hex divers in the water, that's also good. But if you've got a mixed group of four divers and one or two are wearing hex and the others aren't, and they're all close together, then you know, I, I doubt whether you would see anything visibly different in that mm. situation. Okay, that's an interesting, and, that's an interesting thought. And, okay, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm particularly rough on wetsuits. My wetsuits look like um, one of my mum's patchwork quilts. Uh, it's got that many little bits and pieces stuck to it with these holes and rips and tears. Um, how do we, if we rip a hex wetsuit, do we completely compromise the Faraday cage, or can you prepare, repair it to within a good degree of, um, you know, usability or effectiveness? Uh, to answer your question, no, you, it doesn't make the whole suit ineffective. If you put a hole in it, just where that hole is, that will um, – uh, what would be the word? There would be Compromise. nothing conductive on that hole or on that tear. Um, and we can repair it, but the grid has to be touching for it to be effective. So if there's a big tear, we can glue that back and, and stitch it. And if the carbon yarn's touching each other, then everything will be fine. But generally, like if you like in your situation, if there's a, a, a hole here, a small hole here on the leg, a small hole in the back, I mean, all that's happening there is right on that area. There's no conductive mm -hmm. happening. Yep. All right. All right, let, let's let's talk about the suit itself, um, and we'll come back to the technology with some more listener listener questions a little bit later. Um, warmth. Let, let's discuss. So Hex has got several different types of suits. You can do a full custom job, or or you can you can buy one, you know, like off the shelf, I guess you'd say. Um, a, a lot of people were interested in in compression. Do they compress over time? 
Um, what, what are the suits made of? Yeah, we're using Yamamoto neoprene, and the quality we use for the spear fishing suit, uh, the freediving suit, is Yamamoto 39. Now, yep, the 39 will compress. Uh, 38 is has less compression, but it's a lot stiffer. Now, with the hex um, fabric on the outside, we, I'm trying to get we want to have as much flexibility as we can. So we're using 39, which there's a lot of other wetsuit brands use 39 as well. But the wetsuit will compress over time, um, and there's no question about that. Okay. For our scuba suit, we're using 45. Now, 45 is the highest rating, highest quality neoprene Yamamoto produce, and that's got the best compression rating, greater warmth, and greater stretch than all the other neoprene. So we're using that in our scuba suit, and that's uh, that's a phenomenal suit. And what, with our custom suits, we, we can do whatever the customer likes. And <clears throat> we've been making some 7 mil suits, and we've been using 45. The, the thing with the 45, you don't have to have any zippers because the suit's so flexible. Andy Casagranda, who one of our top guys who does a lot of the filming for Shark Week, he has – his scuba suit out of 45 and he's fighting, you know, that's the most comfortable suit. It's giving him the greatest warmth stretch and the technology all in one. And uh, mm. he's, uh, okay. he lives in that suit. So there's that, there's that compromise between rigidity and, and then, you know, and flexibility and getting the compression factors right as well. Okay. Okay. So that's, that's an interesting one. But um, well, just with compression, just to be clear, that's common to all, all neoprene all wetsuits, wet except yeah. for this 45. But the 39s or 38s, they all do it? They do. 38 is less, yep. um, less than 39. And because with the, the, the neoprene, if you want to make a neoprene more stretchy, when they manufacture the rubber, they put more air into the neoprene. So that gives uh. it more stretch. But because there's air bubbles in there, that means it'll compress. Uh, uh, like if we were making a... Uh, scuba suit you would choose 38 because a scuba diver is down at a depth for a lot longer than a free diver but and he doesn't need to move a lot so he doesn't need to stretch as much so 38 would be good for that purpose but we're using 45 because i want to have the the absolute best in the market and to my knowledge there is no production wetsuit in the market made out of forty-five. So, mm. um, what about um, what about the seams? Um, what's your? I mean, I don't know a lot about wetsuits. How do you go about um, putting them together? I guess. Well, for the open cell suits, uh, which is neoprene on the inside, so the rubber is against your skin. The suits are glued and blind stitched. Mm -hmm. uh, that process is the panels are cut and then they're glued together. And then the stitching is done with a needle that actually goes horizontal instead of like a normal sewing machine where it goes up and down vertically. Yeah. And it goes horizontally through the neoprene and comes and what goes in one side and out the other. So the thread is goes halfway into the neoprene. So the inside, there's no thread coming through and there's no stitching. It's glued. So that's called a glued and blind stitch and that's waterproof. With our scuba suits, we line them and we glue and blind stitch those as well. But what we do is we glue and blind stitch on the outside and mm. then we glue and blind stitch on the inside uh, mm, okay. as well. If you if you do the normal overlock suits, 
like you would buy in 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 place in supermarket, like a cheap yep. surf suit, for instance. Yep. They're just overlocked now. Those seams are not waterproof at all. Um, that's just like a, like a normal. It's sewn together like you'd make a garment, like you'd make a t-shirt or a, or a pant. That's that's okay. all that is. All right, cool. Is it time to top up your t-shirt drawer? Then head over to noobspiro.com and get your hands on our black shirt or our white shirt. Pretty simple. They're 35 bucks Australian each. Use the code free shipping until Christmas time this year and top up your t-shirt drawer with something you actually like. And support the show as well while you're doing it. That's just noobspiro.com. Thank you. G'day guys. If you're new to spear fishing, I highly recommend listening to our episode free diving for spearfishing with Pete Ryder. Pete uh, is an entrepreneur and an excellent freedive instructor and he has come up with two great courses, the 10 meter freedive and the 5 minute freediver. I've used the 5 minute freediver to increase my bottom time, found it incredibly useful for my trip to the Coral Sea and I cannot recommend it highly enough. His other course, the 10 meter freediver, is a great resource for those just starting out that literally want to get to 10 meters and this course will help you learn proper breathing technique and some of the safety aspects associated with freediving. Use the code NoobSpiro to save 20% on all of Pete's courses. He's put together this deal just for listeners of the show. That's at howtofreedive.com. Use the code NoobSpiro. Okay, durability. Um, are they, how, how, how tough are they? Does the Faraday cage tick um, the, the, the carbon fibre yarn? Does it, it, it can make the, surf, the suits a little bit stiffer. But does it does it make them stronger? Are they more long lasting? Yeah, they are, and we've found that that um, with the with the carbon grid, the suits are stiff to put on initially, or stiffer, I should say. Uh, but they do break in after okay. four or five times of putting taking them on and off. They break in a lot. Um, but with the carbon grid and there being a carbon, the suits are a lot more durable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's a nice added feature to suits because, yeah, as you all know, they all get a hard time. Um, mm. All right, warmth. I remember last time we chatted, uh, you you told us a, a little interesting fact about the uh, the warmth yeah. factor. Yeah, the, with the um, blocking of our energy signal, you know, energy is heat, so we've blocked and contained the energy inside into the inside the body or not coming out of the suit. So doing the, blocking the energy, you're also blocking heat. And we found that when we first put our suits out there, we had a lot of comments from first-time divers remarking how warm the suits were to the point where I was getting so many calls from wearers saying, how come your suit's so warm? And I didn't really think about it too much. And then after thinking that energy is heat, so maybe – that our suits are running warmer. So we did some thermal imaging tests of a traditional suit and a hex suit, and we found that during the course of the day that our suits were running around about 5 to 6 degrees Fahrenheit warmer, which is around about 2 degrees, 2 to 3 degrees Celsius wow. warmer than, than other suits, which is quite a lot. Now, I'm not I saying have... our 3 our three mil is a 5 mil or our mm. 5 mil becomes a 7 mil. I'm not saying that, but... We have guys that wear all of their other friends are wearing three mils and they are wearing a one and a half oh, and they're wow. perfectly warm. And the same thing here, you can wear three mils longer in New Zealand before you jump into a five. 
And we mm. found guy. I had one guy just the other day, and he was wearing his three mil down to about fourteen, no, fifteen degrees Celsius. Now that's starting cool. to get quite cold. And he yeah. said he wasn't cold at all, whereas yeah. most people are, are, are in their fives at that temperature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in, Queen, in Queensland, the water drops under 20 and and uh, you, you're feeling it in a three mil, that's for sure. Mm, I'm, right. I'm complaining. That, that's for sure. Hey, um, the skinnier blokes definitely do, that's for sure. Yeah, I do. Um, hey, Warren, the camo, I, you've got a, a pelagic-style camo. Um, what have you found with that camo? How did you guys come up with that, that camo? The blue one, well... We had we came first of all we came out with a green camo and and then I was um, got feedback that we needed to develop a blue water print and so we didn't we didn't know really what to do there because we really we did re- need another one uh, anyway Riley Elliot came out with the concept and I've got to give credit to Riley as much as I want to take the credit <laughs> I can't <laughs> uh, Riley came up he said why don't we emulate Wahoo so between Riley and our graphic designer came up with the Wahoo suit, the stripes and the white belly and the darker stripes in the back. And then so we designed the print and then we had to get it printed on fabric and then lay it up on the sheet of neoprene in the right way so it didn't look like a hotspot, blue stripes <laughs> and white all mixed in. We had to have it so that when you're in this when you're wearing your suit. You, the your back when you are looking down on the diver, the back looked like the back of a wahoo, and then oh. the, with the and then looking at the diver's belly, it would look like the belly of a wahoo. So the yield on the suit went up because we had to get all the panels right for all those different effects. Yeah. And uh, as it is, like it's been, it's super popular. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm not saying that having a blue wahoo suit is going to get you closer to blue to wahoo by any means, but. One thing I've seen pictures of guys and uh, and they're standing on the on the shore with a blue wahoo suit and holding up a blue wahoo <laughs> the same size as them and it looks pretty damn cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, so what are your thoughts on camo in general? Do you, do you think it um it offers a hunter any advantage or I mean because we're talking about you know fish have got five senses you know the the hex tech helps you minimise your your electronic signature or signal. Um, but then you've got, you know, fish have still got sight, smell, and all the rest of it. Do you think that um, camo has any any um, positive effects for the hunter? What, do you, what are your personal thoughts? My personal thoughts is <clears throat> is that I think it's who depends who you ask. Because I've asked the same question. Because um, uh, when we came up with the camo, I went to a bunch of people. And I said, "Does camo make a difference?" And mm. most of them said, half of them said no, and the other one said it does. So. It's such a subjective thing yeah. that when you see, like, with our camo suit and you see the guy in the green camo suit and he's down there amongst the, the weeds yeah. or on a reef, I mean, he blends in. And I'm think, and, and one would think that that is really advantageous. But mm. I've had guys say, well, look, I can go down with a pink wet suit and it makes no difference. I can still <laughs> shoot fish. <laughs> so, I, 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 honestly, I couldn't hand on heart say, yes, it makes a difference. Or no, it doesn't make a difference. We just think, I, from a personal effect, if you blend in, I think it's got to be good. It, mm. It's certainly not harmful. Yeah, there's a local guy in Brisbane, um, Trevor, and he actually has like a a white a white suit, and he looks like a 
like a like well, I've seen a photo of him. he looks like an albino narwhal or something um so but <laughs> he certainly discredits it and uh but and he shoots some really good fish he's a really good Brisbane diver um hey I was gonna say I really like Hex you know you guys have got such an innovative approach um that you've even started making suits for Australians as I understand it there's a there's a pocket, I believe, on the outside for a bit of sandpaper. <laughs> yeah, we just we, we only just came up with that oh probably a couple of days ago. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it's a bit of a coincidence. Yeah, because we found that divers, when I spoke to a lot of people, they didn't want to put any sandpaper down inside their suit. <laughs> so we we came up with this pocket where they could roll up the sandpaper. <laughs> And stick it down there where they put their knife, and I yeah. think that was, and the reaction to that is fantastic. And I think we're going to make that a, stand, a standard feature on our wetsuit. Well, I got to say thank you to you, Warren, because this sandpaper has been chafing me for years, and I've been waiting for someone to come up with a solution. So I appreciate. Yeah, well, you, we've got that for you now. Yeah. I've heard that uh, that that pocket though, like on a on a more serious note. I've heard people like it. Like um, oh, it guys put a little torch in there, put a little torch in there if they're um, cave diving or or, or a knife. So yeah, it's, it's a handy feature. It's, it's ideal. I mean, the guys, uh, the cameramen, they don't need a knife, so they put um, whatever they want down in there. But for the Spiro, you can put mm. you know, put your whole sheath, slide it down in there. The handle mm. sticks out of the little hole. It's, Maybe you guys could make a, a grass a grass coloured camo um, for the Australian cricket team, and that way, uh, you know, they'll be less likely to be spotted by the camera people next time. So, yeah, I know. Well, mm. we're, I, I wish you hadn't oh. brought that up because we're actually working on that right now. Oh yeah, <laughs> possible, but it's a big market, I hear. So, all right, cool. Uh, I, um, I can't what even, about, I can't what even a, rebut any of this because, as an Australian, I'm absolutely ashamed of it. And I'd just like to take the opportunity yeah. to apologise to everybody. It's uh, it's very disappointing. Um, Warren, you did say too. Um, just you know, a serious note: the the hunter was getting closer uh, to the to the prey. That he he could get closer without scaring off certain prey. And I just had this question for you: um, Would this work on? Um, the human species, because I know when Shrek's in a nightclub, he scares off a lot of females, and I just wondered if we got him into a Faraday suit that he might, they say that, that ladies might be more approachable for him, would would that work for him in any way, shape or form? Well, when I look at Shrek, and I can see him on the, on the video, I, I think the suit will work fine, but his facial and body features... I don't think there's anything we could actually do to, to uh, fix that problem. So oh, come on, I, Hex I, helps I, I actually feel, I actually feel sorry for Shrek because <laughs> I mean you've got quite antisocial features, and I don't think any 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 equipment could fix that. I'm, I'm, no. sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to be so brutal there, Shrek. You know. <laughs> That's Technology right. can only I, go I so it. far, really. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I do all right. My mum, my mum says I'm good looking. That's the main thing. Oh well, that's, um, okay. That's good for your confidence. <laughs> all right. I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about the chest loading pad and the padding in general. What do you got on the knees and the elbows? They're, they're only slightly padded because I don't want to have them too bulky. Because you make if you make that padding too bulky, bending your elbows and 
at your elbows and at your knee is going to be restrictive. So it's very, there is just a very light, it's a fabric that we use on the elbow and on the knee that's, that's abrasive resistance. The, load, the chest loading pad's got the same outer that abrasion resistance, but it's got a neoprene padding in, on it. So you've got, if you put on, for instance, you've got a three mil suit, and our suits come as a long john and a hooded top. So you've got six mil on your chest, and then you've got the loading pad with another just under three mil. So you kind of got a, a nine mil padding there for loading your gun. And you, you also sell an integrated suit. So it comes with booties and gloves as well because you, you, you want to make sure all the bases are covered in terms of removing your electrical signal. So, it, you know, when you add in the booties and the gloves, uh, it makes it uh, a, a more, a more um, you know, full offer, I guess. You, you're, not, you're not just getting a suit on its own. Um, so I think that's got some appeal. Look, I wanted to move on and discuss, um, you know, the spearfishing sort of world reception to this technology because the hex is the, it's the latest thing going at the moment in spearfishing. And I think, you know, historically Spearows haven't been uh, super open or, you know, to, to innovation. Um, so I wanted to have a little bit of a discussion about that, you know, like real guns and, and roller heads, carbon fiber fins, all of these things have um, cop to flogging when they were initially sort of received. And I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, how, how well um, HEX has been adopted by the spearfishing community in general. Yeah, well, there's no, we're still at that innovative early adopter stage, but we're making our way up through the graph. Um, when, when we get to the mass market stage, who knows? Uh, you know, I, with, our, with our type of our wetsuit, you know, I feel that we're like in the, Aston Martin of wetsuits. So we're not a mass <laughs> production and we never will be a mass production in the near future. So we're still at that early adopter, the, the, the person that the tech enthusiast mm. uh, stage. Uh, but now with our scuba suit out there and now with our suit featuring in Shark Week, it's featuring on a lot of um, productions around the world. People are seeing the suit more and more and mm. seeing it used. My cameraman, and I want to point out, because this is a very important point, is that we're not just another wetsuit. You know, wetsuits keep you warm and comfortable. Every single wetsuit in the market, that's all they're there for, keep you warm and comfortable. A HEX wetsuit is designed to get you closer to marine life. No other wetsuit in the world does that. However, it still keeps you warm and comfortable. So for underwater photographers for marine biologists, for researchers, the wetsuit is a piece of equipment. It's a tool. It is something that helps them with their what, they, what they're trying to do, get closer mm -hmm. to marine life interactions. It is a piece of equipment. Other wetsuits, as I say, just keep you warm and comfortable. So mm -hmm. it's a, when I'm talking to people on, in the trade shows, I point out that fact is don't look at Hicks wetsuit as, and compare it to another brand wetsuit because you can't because there is no other hex wetsuit in the market to compare yeah. it to. Yeah. You know, you, you came on you came on our radio radar because so many of our former podcast guests are, are now wearing the hex suit. There's David Ochoa who's you know recently made the Agua yeah. Negra um, documentary. It's a 
a great film. Chris Coates, you know, we're always chatting with Chris about odds and ends, and he's always got something going on. Jacob Crossingham from Freedive Fiji, um, Travis Corker, Matt Madison, Sebastian Kramer, you know, like so many of these guys that w we really enjoyed having on the show and are now wearing the suit. So you, you came on our radar pretty pretty strong about six months ago. So it's, it is good to, to chat, but I think, like like you say, it's still very early in the, the you know, the adoption by the spearfishing community at large. I was, I was actually going to say, ask you, Warren, you said there's no other wetsuit that does what Hex does. Uh, why have you not produced the neoprene, put it on rolls and sent it out to uh, whoever, every other bidder on the market? What's the idea behind um, keeping that as a Hex-branded um, system? Because the technology is quite unique. We don't want to look at it. Uh, we don't want to bastardise the brand or expose the brand to other manufacturers that just look at it as a new, interesting opportunity. Um, the brand, the technology, the technology has to be carefully marketed, has to be carefully described, because people want to know when they he hear about Hex, they look at it, they go, "Gosh, that's a very, that's a very expensive wetsuit. Why should I pay that much for the wetsuit? And what does the Hex technology do that I can't?" do with my normal wetsuit because I've got a lot of friends that spearfish and do all these things with normal wetsuits. So those two questions have to be very carefully analysed and answered for some for the person to make the purchase. And in my opinion and our partner's opinion in HEX, we feel that there's nobody else better to tell that message than ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to give our brand to a third party and they act as a custodian to our brand and our message. We don't want that. We want to do it ourselves. We want the message to come across right, correct, truthfully, in a genuine way, not as in it, because a wrong word here, a wrong word there, and straight away it can be perceived as a gimmick. Uh, it's a here today, gone tomorrow product, yep. and we won't even, we don't even want to get into that situation. So we, decide that we control the brand ourselves yeah okay okay that, that answers that pretty that question pretty well so you sort of you sort of fear that the technology itself is going to be used as a just as a point of difference and a gimmick for someone to sell a wetsuit quickly that's probably what i'm getting there mm, that's right If, like me, you have a friend like Shrek who comes over often and often misses the toilet bowl when he's having a leak, get yourself a copy of Spearing Magazine. Not only is it a great read with full glossy photos, it also is a good way to soak up all that wayward spray. So get your copy of SpearingMagazine.com. Spearing Magazine from SpearingMagazine.com. All right, let's get into... This section, I'm calling it the Devil's Advocate. We um we had a discussion on our Facebook community group, and lots of guys wrote in some questions. Um, number one, Warren, um, is there any evidence to prove that the hex suit gives the spearfishing hunter an advantage? When you use the hex technology, or when you're wearing the wetsuit, the most important thing to remember is just hunt as you normally would hunt, dive as you would normally dive, and spear. Don't think that all of a sudden you've got this cloak and dagger device that's going to do something super special. It will do something super special for you when you just hunt as you normally will hunt. And the species 
that are that are going to react to an electrical signal won't get it from you. So, it, as I said, and we've said this before, it won't make you invisible. So, big big thing is just put the suit on, forget that you've got the technology on, and go out, and you'll see a difference. So, okay, cool. One of the um, one of the things, if I can just touch on it, um, is guys say that you've said in the past to me that guys have said, "Oh, I didn't notice much of a difference until I took it off." Is that right? And, and they went back to a conventional yeah. wetsuit. Because with the technology, it's very subtle, it's very passive, and it's not very obvious. And it takes a while for a hex uh, diver to wear the suit many times, and then they will get it, see a situation that is very abnormal. Sometimes when they first wear it, it'll be just a normal situation because it, it, you're, in, you're, you're dealing with wild animals, you're dealing in a variety of situations. Nothing because is mechanical and, and mm. predetermined. Yeah. So anything can happen. So the suit gr- will grow on you, and we found that when a person has been wearing a suit for quite a while, they've got used to their environment and the marine life around them. Then they've gone to a traditional suit, and they notice a big difference. So what I'm trying to say is you don't notice a big difference when you put on the suit you notice the biggest difference when you don't wear the suit after you've been wearing it. Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense, yeah. I think that sort of comes with, with hunting skill too, you know, like as you get sort of – you sort of get better gradually. You don't know any sort of great change, but if you were to go back to the way you started, um, moving your head around, flapping around with your fins quickly, I'm sure you'd – if you went back to that overnight, I'm sure you'd notice a big difference as well. So, yeah, I, I sort of definitely get that. Sorry, Shrek, mate, you had another question? No, oh, you, you made a good point. You know, like hunting techniques and, and, and you know, how you move underwater, it's it's a very gradual improvement. And uh, and so sometimes I, I guess you could adopt something that, that, you know, does make a slight difference. And uh, until you lose that factor again, you, you wouldn't notice it. So it makes sense. Uh, Gio Vitali, he asks... Yeah, I'm curious how the massive electrical output from a shark shield supposedly doesn't affect fish, but a tiny output from a human body supposedly does. Electricity diffuses quickly in water, and fish only only have a lateral line, not ampullae of Lorenzini. Um, have you got any response for this, Warren? Well, yes. There's a lot of marine species pelagics that ha- that do have a, la- a lateral line, and they're not picking up on electroreception, but. This- the other species, sharks, rays, and lobsters, that do pick up on electroreception, they're very sensitive to it. So that's where the hex has the most effect. But like with shark shield, that's uh, that puts out a signal to to um, that avoids the shark getting into that inner circle. With the hex technology, we're not putting out a signal to repel a shark. Mm. We're, we're not putting out a signal at all. The shark mm. shield pushes out a signal into a radius. Hex technology contains the electrical signal in the body. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Okay. All right. Good Good answer. Okay. Um, well, one guy says, can't guys just become better hunters and not need hex? We've, we've kind of discussed this a little bit in a different way already, I think. Um, but w- what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, just the same thing I covered before is that mm. I, don't think, I don't think hex makes you uh, a, a better hunter. Um, if your viewers, by the time they listen to this podcast – if they go onto our website, which is probably going to go on tonight, there is a very good uh, video by Justin Lee. And okay. Justin Lee, we know he's one of the top sparrows in the world. 
and he talks about hex in a video, and uh, that aren't, that'll answer a lot of questions for people. So that that video, which is a two minute video, purely on Justin talking about hex, will go on Facebook, a short version on Instagram, and then it'll be on our homepage as well. And that well on our website will go out tonight or tomorrow, and then on Facebook in a couple of days. So he is talking about it and. And he he explains it very very well, and it's probably better. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Um, rather than me, the owner, explain it, I'll let mm. somebody else do it for me. Okay, so guys can go to hexaquatic.com and check that out. Um, I'll link that up in the show notes as well. So if guys type in New Spiro Hex, they'll be able to find us on Google, and I'll link up all of the things we're discussing today. All right. Um, does does the suit afford an unfair advantage to the hunter? Will will this mean more fish are taken every year? What, no what no such think? thing. <laughs> uh, I don't know. The jury, the jury might be out on that. Like, if um, it gives you an advantage, so if that advantage is there for more people, yeah, then then there is there is it is giving an advantage to um, to more people. Look. Uh, I've, I've heard this discussion with spear guns. Um, guys say, "Oh, no, roll it, roll a spear guns give give you too much range, and you don't you don't need this. It's unfair on the fish." But I, I almost think it's unethical to not use a good spear gun because you wound fish; they get away, and uh, and and so you're better off using the best spear gun that that you can to get the job done. And I, I think maybe it's the same with a wetsuit. It's like, <laughs> you know, like. Enjoy all the benefits that technology <laughs> affords us. I think I'll, I'll take any help I can yeah. get, actually. So I don't, I don't, I don't really care about that. And you yeah. know, and the reality is, if we look at uh, if we look at unfair advantages in fishing, you've only got to look at commercial fishing. The boats got better, the nets got better, the GPS systems got better, the sounders got better, and they all work to yeah. collapse fisheries. Technology has been a major Ooh. issue in world fisheries, but. I, I can't really see a wetsuit that allows you maybe some extra time uh, to bring that gun up and shoot a fish being an unfair advantage. That's my take on it. I, I'm when, when, you, when you listen to the video of Justin, Justin is talking about the small increments that the wetsuit gives him. Now, those small increments can put him on the first on the podium in the, in the world's or tenth, and he's only looking at, if I can get three inches closer to the fish, he said, that's all I need. I just want an advantage that somebody else hasn't got. Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. Now, we've seen, I've, I've seen some awesome videos um, of crayfish and lobsters taken using hex gloves because they seem particularly, um, uh, you know, what, how would I say, it? particularly affected by the technology. You can get amazingly close to lobsters. Uh, again, I'll link up a video of Riley Elliott chasing crayfish. There's a really good one of that. But um, I was going to say, what's the wear like on the gloves? Because crayfish are bloody tough on your gloves. Um, <clears throat> yeah, they are. And now glove is no different than any other. So if you keep grabbing crayfish with the hex gloves, it'll, you'll wear them out. Um because mm. they, they're not, we haven't got a Kevlar palm in them or anything like that. Mm. Um, so the wear and tear will, ha- will happen with our gloves like all the others. But on that subject, the most important thing is, is that on our website, we don't sell gloves separately because we don't want people just coming in and buying gloves thinking they can go and get, catch crayfish wearing a traditional suit 
they've just got the hex gloves. It won't happen. Oh, you've yeah. got to have you've got to have the whole suit on, gloves included, to get that effect that Riley gets on on the lobsters and the crayfish. All right, and, and the last time I had the idea of wearing, you know, maybe heavy duty gardening gloves over top of the suit, and and uh, and and that'll still work. You think? hundred oh, percent. Mm. The technology, as long as the technology is on, you can cover it up with anything. Doesn't matter because remember the energy signals coming from your body. So if you've got the suit on you and you've got things on the outer, it doesn't matter. Mm. All right, cool. So I can still go and get my three dollar Bunnings gloves to put over, <laughs> and uh, and uh, and it'll maybe make it last a little bit longer. Choice. You'll be fine, Shrek. You'll be fine. <laughs> all right, choice. Um, uh, all right, cool. What, what's what? Let, let's move on from Devil's Advocate. Which story or situation has been your proudest achievement um, with Hex so far? <clears throat> there's there's a few. The one that stands out is when uh, Ryan Myers and Justin Lee got first and second in the U.S. Nationals, uh, and that was that. Were, I, I was really proud of the guys, and we actually won the team event as well, which was Justin Ryan and Spencer Hasking. So we won the team event and got first and second. And that was, on a competition level, that was a great, the greatest, one of the, in the two years, and this, we're still very new, that was fantastic when we, went, when we won those last year. And uh, that's, that's probably the one that springs to mind. I've got heaps of other situations where we've dominated Shark Week and all of those, but they're, they're a bit more commercial. But that one, I was really proud. Um, it's 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 the it's the biggest thing happening in spearfishing at the moment. I think uh, I spoke to Chris Coates the other day a little bit about um, about his experience wearing the hex because he's been in hex suits for I think nearly a year now or possibly nine months. So I spoke to Chris the other day and asked him a little bit about what his thoughts were because um, we're we're having we've we've had this discussion before that you know not not all fish have electro reception. So, but he had a little bit of a theory that um, that when one or two species become relaxed around the hunter, the other species in the area also relax more and think that you're less of a threat. So you kind of get this uh, peripheral kind of uh, benefit to the suit. Have you heard similar s- stories? Mm. Yeah, I have. From our top sparrows, our competition sparrows, particularly the same thing. Yeah, exactly the same as what Chris has said. And once again, I think um, when you have a listen to that video of Justin, he explains that very well as well, um, what happens with his experience. So, uh, yeah, I would agree with Chris on that. Mm. I mean, it's a good technique. Um, I got taught it in Brisbane. You, you lay underneath a, a school of surgeon fish, and when they become comfortable around you, all of a sudden, some of the other species that you, you you're more likely to target will will come in closer. So, I can see how that that could definitely play in. All right, I had a few more listener questions. Peter McDonald says, "It seems Hex has a strong focus on underwater photography or research potential. However, equipment such as cameras emit their own electrical signals that sharks and other animals sense, and often." investigate have you considered attempting camera or equipment covers to prevent any further interference created by these devices and he says a little bit cheeky and if not feel free to send me an l4 blue water three mil for the idea <laughs> yeah. Good on uh, Peter. yeah we could make camera covers we haven't done any tests of our technology against the frequency of camera strobes but the only thing is is that even if our technology worked on the same frequency as the camera. You can't cover the lens, so you're not going to get a hundred percent. And you, oh, with the strobe, you can't cover the light. Uh, so 
you're not really making I can't see how it could ever be super effective. Okay. All right, cool. All right. Um Kabir Parker, he says, is there a new stealth screen coming out in the future? What's happening in the future for Hex? Well we're launching well, we launched our scuba suit at Dima last year, but we're doing a much bigger launch at ADEX in Singapore, uh, which starts next Friday uh, on the 6th. And so that's and that show is going to be very interesting because that's primarily a scuba show and underwater photography show. And that's where our scuba suit is designed for that market. So we've got that suit coming out at the moment and we've got a few other things, which are a couple of other uh, products that I'm looking at. Uh, but I'll just keep those to myself at this moment. But the main one is the scuba suit. All right, cool. All right, John Stevens, uh, listened to a discussion between David Hoshman from Spirit Charters and Nick Farzar about, it was at a seminar about how, yes, the kick, the hex covers the electrical signals, but not the heart rate of the diver and how fish also read your heart rate. Um, he, he was keen on hearing a bit more of a discussion about this. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, a, a lower heart rate, a calmer hunter, um, com- combined with the technology would obviously be the best bet. But we've discussed this kind of in, a, in a several ways already in this sort of interview. But, I mean, uh, what, are you, what are you kind of, what are kind of your thoughts in general about how guys can use the, the technology of effectively um, along with um, minimising other kind of um, signalling behaviours for fish? Huge question. Wow. <laughs> All I, over the place. <laughs> I, I spearfish and I'm sitting there going, what the hell was that? Uh, it was just waffle. It was just waffle, oh, but like, I, I, okay. I, hey, I'm, Warren, I'm what's the meaning of life? Can you answer that for us? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to turn this into a question. I, I, like, I guess the, the discussion is like, how do you keep your heart rate low? I guess um, that's all from the from the relaxation and keeping your mind calm, keeping your heart rate calm. I mean, Hex mm. has got nothing to do with that. Can Hex build in maybe some meditation music <laughs> um, to help you reach the state? Warren, can you solve all <laughs> my diving tough. issues? Um, Equalisation. Can you solve uh, my breath hold, my heart rate? I'm not really fond of sharks. The whole lot, mate. I, can you, I just need you to. Can you fix that? That's our question. <laughs> okay, I'm not quite sure how to answer that one. Either. That's a big question. <laughs> okay, there's no way Hex can lower my heart rate. Okay, all right, mo- moving on. <laughs> It can't do that. No, it is a good discussion. I mean, relaxation is a big part of you know uh, of being a a good hunter, I think. And um and the, and hex obviously just covers another angle. But like like Turbo sort of jokingly but saying, a big one with a big one heart everything. rate too, particularly going into the colder months. Is as soon as I get a little bit cold, like I, I start to shiver, my heart rate goes up, and I find it really hard to hold bottom time. But like you're saying, pick, just even picking up two more degrees of uh, body heat is just a massive advantage, particularly when you're right on yeah. the line of the seasons, you know? Yes, and that's and with our suits, which are a lot warmer, and that's what, and once again, on that video that you'll look at, see tomorrow, hopefully uh, Justin talks about with that particular feature of the suit, which keeps him warm, because those guys are in the water for six hours yeah. at a time, um, sometimes longer. And once you get cold, you've pretty much got to get out of there. Like we we had, um, I made two seven mil suits for a guy, a couple of underwater photographers to take up to Norway in the Arctic in January. 
and they were the only two guys in the boats with actual wetsuits, which are seven mil wetsuits. The rest had dry suits. Now our guys were in the wetsuits, were in the water the whole day. The guys in the dry suits could only stay in for four hours. Yeah, that was right. the difference. That's huge. Mm. Wow. It's huge. Those dry suits are awful too. You're so bulky with the, with them on. All right, cool. So that would have, that would have been good for those guys. All right. Apart from my last uh, bungled question from <laughs> listeners that I tried to read, I've had a really good chat with you today, Warren. Where can people come and find out more about Hex? The best thing is go go onto the website, which is hexaquatic.com, and go to the. You can, if you want to study up about it, we've got an about section there, which is very easy to read. We've got a video section which shows lobsters videos, but on the home page, it's got a video on each one of the products, our dive skin, our free diving suit, and our scuba suit. They're very, very interesting videos to watch on the product. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the testimonial section, which is about what the experts say, we've got a lot of guys there talking about their their uh, reaction when they're wearing a hex suit. That's interesting. So I've, I've said everything. But you just go yep. to the website and it's all there. Or call right. me. Our phone number's there. And when they send an email to info at Hex Aquatic, it's coming straight to me. So right, cool. I deal with every email that comes in. Okay, cool. All right. I'll link up all this information in the show notes. Hex are also across all the social uh, platforms. I uh, follow you guys on Insta and Facebook. So I'll link all these things up in the show notes as well. Awesome chat today, Warren. Turbo, did you have any last questions for Warren? <laughs> Uh, no, mate, I think that's that's it. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into one of these things. I need all the help I can get, and I just hope that the uh, wrists and ankles on these suits are really tight and small because uh, you I've make... got unnaturally skinny ankles. Do you make um, suits for uh, small children? <laughs> what? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> have you have got some running around trick? <laughs> well, can we get it? I was just wondering if we could get a discount because you're not going to need much material for Turbo, so maybe we can get a cheaper, <laughs> cheaper price. <laughs> if you, we can do a custom for you, Turbo. No worries. Yeah. Do you have any ibis in your country over there in New Zealand? Do you know what an ibis is? You know is? what an ibis is? It's also known as a dump chook. It's a long-legged bird with um, with basically a couple of chicken legs underneath it, um, and it's pretty yeah. similar. So if you're going to make me a custom suit, mate, you okay. probably could just catch one of those and put some neoprene on it and yeah. probably fit me quite well. Anyway, the lat joke tanks <laughs> because no one's got any idea what an ibis is. All right, Warren, so fantastic chatting with you today. We uh, Guys can come and follow you guys on Instagram and Facebook, you're, and you've also mentioned the Hex Aquatic website where there's a lot of interesting information. Guys can also sign up there for your newsletter, I believe. Uh, but magic, magic chatting with you today, Warren. We had a really good time. That's great. I've heard a lot of uh, great things about you two boys. You're a little legend. So uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I was really looking forward to the conversation and uh, the podcast today and uh, I hope um, the guys and your listeners get a lot out of it and get a greater understanding of Hex and if there's any anything that's unclear or they're not sure of don't hesitate to call me or email me and I can talk to any of those guys so thanks a lot you guys I uh, sure. really enjoyed myself yeah, we did too, Warren. That was absolutely awesome. I, I, I'm stoked. I've actually learned, you, you know, my, my take-homes, you know, with this product is, yeah, it's going to keep marine life around me uh, a, a little less agitated, particularly sharks, which is absolutely fantastic. 
Your suit's uh, two degrees warmer on average. That's awesome for a skinny guy like me, keeping me warm, helps me keep my heart rate down. And uh, and a lot of you guys are saying that it helps them just get those couple inches closer to a fish, which as we all know, they all just seem a couple inches um, uh, too far away. So yeah, really, really yep. interesting stuff. We- Trek? We all want a couple of extra inches, that's for oh, sure. Oh, you had to so. do it. You <laughs> <laughs> had to do it. I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. No, thanks, Warren. Good chat, Good chat mate. All right, guys. Cheers, mate. So I reached out to a former guest on the show, Travis Corkin. You can check him out at Ocean underscore tmc on insta travis corkin was a former guest on the show i reached out we we're always chatting me and travis so i asked him what's the what's the hex suit like buddy i guess for me being a spear fisherman here on the east coast of australia um the main species that we hunt here is the jewfish or the species i hunt the most and my first experience with the hex suits was just incredible and i kept asking myself was that a coincidence didn't did that keep on happening you know dive after dive i just kept on getting out of the water and and um, that coincidence just became a, a, um, a regular thing. And um, to be actually swim into holes, approach jewfish from a different angle and also being selective of the fish. So usually the jewfish are in a school so I could push in undetected, find the fish that I wanted and place a good holding shot, which for me, I found that very important as a spear fisherman to be able to make that shot cleanly um, and not put that fish in any harm's way where it was going to get off and eventually die. When I owned Neptonics, I was, it was great to be a distributor in Australia here for Hex. I was able to sell the suits to a, um, a numerous amount of guys around Australia and hearing their feedback within a couple of weeks of them receiving the suit was, um, it was really re- rewarding for me and I knew it wasn't just myself having these experiences and um, to be able to offer people that product and to hear their feedback, um, it was really rewarding for me. I feel spearfishing these days, the technology that's coming out for spear guns and flippers is just taking off and there's so many different products out there now to offer divers for, but for wetsuits, I believe the hex suits is the way spearfishing is going, not only just for spearfishing, but for also scuba diving as well to offer people that get closer experience. It's just the benchmark of spearfishing nowadays. It's just gonna give people that experience that they'll never have and, I was just very excited to be a part of it. What an absolute cracker episode! Yeah, yeah, not our not our usual thing, um, but I, I love this. It's uh, it's innovative innovative technology. It's cutting edge, and uh, yeah, I learned a bit. It was very very interesting. So big big thanks to Warren for coming on the show, mate. What did you learn? I, I, I thought you know it was interesting. He said you know like. You won't be disadvantaged at all by wearing this wetsuit. It can only actually give you advantages. And uh, the, the temperature benefits from wearing these suits is, is I didn't know about that. So I thought that was really cool. And uh, I mean, I knew about the Faraday cage and kind of the concept of the suit, but it was great to kind of get a little bit more information and 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 learn a bit more about that. Uh, it sounds like a really just top-notch, well-made um, suit that, that, that gives you some extra advantages. Um, it's a no-brainer for me. Uh, it's just a, just a money thing, I guess. But um, it, you know, like if you you love your spearfishing, it's a, it's definitely a, an investment, I think. Yeah, agreed, mate. All right, that was that's all wrapped up with Warren. Uh, big mm. thanks to him and Hex for coming on board and uh, getting behind the Noob Spiro podcast. What's coming up, mate? Uh, we've still got the Kickstarter campaign, so there's there's a, there's several days to go, but. Um, 
get along to kickstarter.com, search spearfishing, and our book, our fully illustrated 99 Tips to Get Better at Spearfishing book will come up. And uh, go along, and if you get if you pledge for a soft cover book or better, you now get a free Spiro log, free. Um, so it's just our way to say thank you. And uh, so it's amazing. The response we've had is just phenomenal, um, you know, uh, I, 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 yes, yeah, so I'm fully stoked. Uh, uh, yeah, can't say much more. You're speechless. You are without speech. Yeah. You are, doesn't happen often. Usually when you're eating. But uh, anyway. <laughs> oh, thanks, right. buddy. Really so, nice. uh, 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 we've got our next guest mate coming up in two weeks' time. Who is it, and what are they about? Andre Rerakura from Terra Australis. Now, he he, aka what's his what's his nickname? Sea Monkey. Sea Monkey. We're going to ask him about that as well. So tune in, listen to listen to a cracker interview with uh, with with Andre from Western Australia. Like I said, he makes some wicked spearfishing films. So we'll find out a little bit more about him next week. Catch you then, guys. Spearfishing.com.au, mate. Check it out. Double savings. Oh, cheer, bro. There's more savings than you can throw in a chili bin <laughs> on. And that's all I got. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, e- Easter sale. Easter sale, double savings. So there's some wicked gears on spearfishing equipment. And you can even use the code NoobSpiro to save more dough. So go to spearfishing.com.au, grab a new bit of gear, discounted prices, heavily discounted prices, and then you can still use the code NoobSpiro, save another 20 bucks on everything over 200. Go to spearfishing.com.au.